Hello, 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 podcast listeners. Welcome to another edition of PWC Connections, the podcast. We're back in the bucket for another episode. I'll be one of your hosts. My name is Lamont Henson, and joining me this afternoon will be Nicole Stitt. Nicole, I love, I love the pause. It gave some dramatic flair to it. Yeah, I, I thought you were going to say it. I didn't know I was supposed to say it. Okay. Don't you love life? I, I know how it works now. I got, you it. Go. Yeah, I got it. Nicole, thank you for joining me. Sure. This is an exciting episode. We're talking electrical safety. Electrical safety is everyone's responsibility. And luckily for us, we had one of our colleagues able to join us, Mr. Lance Gray. He's an electric substation crew leader. That's a big title. And uh, I'm sure he's the man for the job. Lance, how you doing today, sir? I'm doing wonderful. Man, Glad thank you for here. joining us. Thank you. Thank you. All right, so we wanted to, uh, May is Electrical Safety Month. And, uh, you know, we try to provide resources on our website and use our social media platform to get tips and advice and information out so people can uh, take precaution, uh, not only during Safety Month, but throughout the year. So we were fortunate to get you in here to uh, share some of your expertise and if you would, I guess just kind of start us off by telling us what you do. I, I announced your title, but what does that encompass and, uh, you know, how long you've been with PwC, so on and so forth. Okay. Uh, in four months, I will have been here 28 years. Whoa. Wow. Um, so I'm, I'm pushing on through here. Okay. And, uh, and my job as a, as a substation crew leader, we have 33 distribution substations, three transmission substations, and a generation plant. At, uh, we take care of the uh, preventive maintenance on all the equipment in these yards. It can be, uh, most yards have a transformer uh, up to six breakers. So when you start adding it up, it's a lot of equipment. And uh, so we work on these things daily at a, a scheduled routine um, that we do the maintenance on them. Of. And in part of that, the very first thing every day is a job briefing, which covers all the safety for the job for the day as well for each yard we're in. Okay. Now, now, you say you've been with PwC for 28 years. You look like you're about 40. When did you start? Were you 12? Yeah, just about. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, actually, when I started, the supervisor that I, that hired me told the rest of the crew, an older guy was coming in to work with them. I was 29. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and they were all in there younger, younger than that. Right. Now, prior to joining PwC, did you... Did you masquerade in another profession? Did you have another life? I was a licensed electrician and worked for two different electrical companies um, before coming here. So okay. I've been doing electrical work 33, 35 years, counting up to now, basically. Wow. So, yeah, you, you definitely uh, are familiar with what not to do. Yes. I have done most of what you shouldn't do. <laughs> he speaks from experience. Yes. yes. <laughs> so on a day-to-day, -day, what are some of the responsibilities and uh, you know steps you guys take to be safe and to make sure that you can get the job adequately done okay well once we have a scheduled job that we're going to do and we do our job briefing and we have to go along with our safety to start with so first we have to see if what we're going to work on is energized and that could be anywhere from 230,000 volts to to 1500 volts depending on what we're going to do so the first thing right, we it, do, how powerful is that what is, how, how much power um, there's no plot. second chances. Gotcha. Uh, once you hit them, you're pretty much done. That's it. So, uh, and 230 is when you see the the higher 
towers. Did you see the big towers with the long arms on them? Um, that's 230. So they get further apart. The bases are further apart and things like that. They all have step potentials and things if it's underground. So um, it's, I don't know how you would really want to describe it to a layman as to how powerful. It's just no second chance. Right. Basically. Deadly. Um, so determine what we're dealing with to start with to decide what kind of safety we have to go through. So usually when we work on our equipment, say a transformer, um, and when I say transformers, I don't mean the ones most people would think about on a pole. Where ours are typically the size of a, a small house or something of that nature. They're, okay. they're pretty large. Um, we would ground, we would de-energize it. You try and open a switch on each side of the unit if you can. If you can't, then you have to ground each side of it. And once it's grounded or the switches are open, then you depressurize it because there's pressure on units. And then we go from there and start doing our maintenance. Mm. Uh, but, of course, as always, you have your PPE, your glasses, gloves, hard hat, steel toe boots, those type things. So I'm sure that's drilled into you guys. Yeah, like absolutely. What, how, how many safety trainings or is it one of those constantly always making sure you're up to code? Uh, each one of us is responsible for ourselves and for the others. So if, if the newest guy there sees me without a hard hat, I expect him to tell me to put a hard hat on. I understand that. And so all this stuff that you're doing is not just within the substations department. You're also working with our line construction department and our dispatchers and absolutely and our meter shops and uh, yes. apparatus repair shop. And so yes. you kind of have, there's like a whole team of people out there doing this stuff sometimes that our customers don't even realize are out there keeping our lights on. And Absolutely. Uh, we can be, the customers may be fed from one side of town and we have to work on that equipment and we can switch it all the way to the other side of town and take that equipment out and they never see a blink. That's one of the things I love about our system a lot of times is if there's an outage, it doesn't usually last very long and we can tell folks, oh, it's okay. They can just reroute it around a little bit and yeah. get you back on quicker. And I know that kind of simplifies everything, yeah. but it's really not as simple as it sounds. For the most part, it can be unless something takes the lines to the ground. If it's mm -hmm. something that knocks something out a little bit, yeah, we can get it back pretty quick. Now, this is a, we're in hurricane preparedness week, and, and June is the start of uh, hurricane season. One of the things we, we touch on is the importance of generator safety. And I would imagine in situations where there's restoration needed, how does that affect what you guys do, someone using a generator and not properly uh, making sure the safety is taken. Um, my department, it doesn't affect it as much as it does the line crews. Right. Um, and the problem with that is when people hook up generators, if they do it incorrectly, it reverses and puts power back on the lines. Mm. And a lot of people don't understand a transformer works both ways. You can put in 120 and get out 240, or you can put in 240 and get back 120, depending on what side of it you're on. So if you run a generator and you put in, 120 volts off your generator and it hits a step up transformer and it makes it 7200 volts and that's enough that it's you know it's very very dangerous so without it being correctly uh installed or correctly used it becomes very dangerous for the lineman I understand that now uh being at home we we highlighted a couple practical uh electrical safety tips wanted you to you know just see how important those things are if i'm on the right topic now, when it comes to using electrical cords, uh, does it matter if you're using the right rated cord or as long as you can plug it in, you're good to go? No, the right rated cords are very important. Uh, 
the wires are rated for a certain amount of amperage. And once you get higher than that, it can cause a wire to break down, break in half, burn, melt, uh, anything of that nature. Um, typically, uh, I, I also looking on your, your list, we were talking about uh, I, I something I specifically want to talk about. You sure. have heaters on here. Okay. Um, heaters to me in, in all my years of electrical work, are the most dangerous thing that a homeowner has. Like a space heater? Space heaters. Okay. They'll plug them in and, and try not to run their heating and air unit, and they'll leave it running. And I've gone into more homes where the receptacles have melted, mm. and it'll melt the receptacle and the wires behind it, and everything beyond that won't work. But when you go back to the main problem, it's always those heaters. And it's just because people, and they're so unsafe, I wish people would realize that and yeah. not leave them on all the time. To try to use them as the substitute. Yeah. I've heard them referred to as like a, a toaster oven for your house. Yeah. It's not going to be effective. Yeah. Well, it, efficient, I'll say that. Yeah. yeah, it's not efficient, but it, those are very, very dangerous. They're good for short term, but I just don't think people realize how dangerous those can be. Yeah. Uh, as well as the cords, overpowering the cord when you plug in and you get a six-prong adapter and plug six things where one was. Mm. I mean, yeah. yeah Avoid overloading the outlets. Yes. Yeah. And, and then you trip a breaker. Well, you continue to do it. Breaker starts getting weaker, starts tripping quicker, and then all of a sudden now you got to call electrician because your breaker won't stay on. Same thing with the placement of cords. Uh, some people place cords underneath rugs to avoid people tripping over them i understand that but it's also a hazard because that cord gets too warm yeah it gets too warm you don't see it plus the friction of rubbing stepping on it all the time you don't see it so you step on it and the more you step on it the more you start wearing that top rubber off of it and it becomes exposed and then you got fire hazard with that oh i need to write that down i never thought about that I didn't before. either that was a good one well and also um i know i'm guilty of this i'm sure um but there's probably a lot of people too that use extension cords incorrectly. Mm -hmm. um, like for instance, they use them as a permanent solution to something and they shouldn't be, or they take um, cords that are made for internal within your house use and use them outside when you should buy one that's made specifically for outdoor use. Yeah. And a lot of people want to break the little ground off of them. Oh, and, uh, that's such a no, no. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's another one replacing uh frayed and damaged cords i i see this a lot with people charging electronic devices their their uh little phone charger cords are frayed they still keep using it yeah if it gets a charge people are going to keep continue to use it well and the way you can look at that is in the electrical community they've came out with over the past i don't know 10 years they've come out with new equipment your breakers in your home and your panel boxes now they have arc fault protection breakers which are now mandatory, which is if a lamp falls over your light bulb breaks and the light arcs in the bulb because the bulb's broke, but the but the filament didn't break. So it arcs, it'll trip the breaker. Mm. So if they've designed that because you've got a little fray and an arc, that frayed cord you're talking about, if it's arcing, it, it's just as dangerous as the system has come up with a way to protect it from happening. So now you're intentionally doing something that they've come spent years figuring out, don't do it. Right. I saw a, a, a news story recently where an NFL player, one of his, his brother was killed. Uh, I think they said he was uh, electrocuted. He climbed over a fence uh, where there's some electrical equipment. I know we have that all over town mm -hmm. where there are uh, our property sites or areas that say stay away, dangerous. But sometimes people still want to venture in there. Uh, 
could just talk about how important yeah. it is to, to listen to the science. They're very important. Um, one of the worst things I can see is when you see a group of kids, well, now they haven't been in school, but uh, you would see them sitting on a green pad now transform. Yes, I see kids in my neighborhood doing that every day. I mean, they've never seen one explode. So uh, what happens is, you know, those have current traveling through them too, just like the ones on the pole. So if an elbow on there gets loose or something shorts out, they're going to explode just like anything else with. And the ones that I personally have seen explode usually blow the doors off. They buckle them. So you can imagine somebody sitting on top of them and that kind of a force behind them. Wow. And then you're talking about the grounding, uh, even in substations when we had such a, a high crime rate there for a little while, people still in copper. What people don't understand is when, when electricity is generated and pushes out, it's going to come back to this generation point. So it's traveling on the ground. As long as everything's grounded, you're touching it, you're fine, you're dandy. Mm -hmm. You separate the ground from the point of origin, you start getting arcs and sparks. Well, if it's a heavy enough current, now you've got really dangerous potential. So climb in, you see a ground, you step on it, it breaks off. Now you are between the ground, and, and so you become that current, that pathway. Yeah. Now those videos I've seen, our guys over in Lost Control have shown me some videos that they have of um, things like that happening within a substation or even at your meter box if you're yeah. trying to do something at your meter box. And it's, it's scary how fast all that stuff happens and how bright and you can just imagine how hot and f just fierce it is it's scary yeah grounds are, are super important uh and that's why all of our substations the fences are grounded so that if you touch the fences you're you, you're in that potential you're safe uh, but you know every, and kids on guidelines playing on guidelines. I saw two kids the other day, Guy, two guidelines coming down. They were within three feet of one another and they were standing on the bottom one and holding the top one. You know, just transform on the pole. And I stopped the truck and said, hey, quit stunting, quit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, look at the pole. The transformers bouncing, wires are swinging. They don't even know. Uh, they no, just don't they, think about I it. I mean, it's just a game, but the potential for people to get hurt with the equipment that's out there is really high. And, and I'm going to piggyback off of that. People flying kites, uh, balloon releases, especially the balloon releases. I don't think people see the harm in that or yeah. just don't think about where the balloons are going to end up. But uh, that's another safety no-no. Yeah. And uh, uh, some of the things that people don't realize, like, okay, I'm going to release these two balloons and they're on a piece of string and the string isn't conductive. It's not going to do anything. Well, that may be true, but if that string is wet and it's been in the dirt, now you've got basically a piece of ground off the ground. You know, dirt, ground. Mm -hmm. Now, ground is potentially a current carrying conductor. So now you got all this stuff that it can go through now from phase to phase. So now you don't have a piece of string. Now you've got basically a stick. So you're going to have it explode. Yeah, we always, especially this time of year with graduations and, and stuff like that, we always try to remind people that it's not a good idea to release those. And those Mylar balloons, just, uh, was it last yeah. week? Yeah. One of our crews was out here getting <laughs> one off of a, a line right here outside of our offices. And yeah. I was like, yep, that's probably a graduation balloon right there. And I'm not saying that people release them on purpose. You know, sometimes the wind just gets a hold of them and snatches it out of your hand. But I just don't think that people realize, um, like well, Lamont said, that they're going to fall somewhere. And whether it's a threat to one of our facilities or, you know, if it's just, you know, hurting the environment in terms of, you know, littering yeah. our waterways and stuff like that. It, it sure. makes it difficult for us to clean our water on the water side of what we do too. And, and, and that 
I, I guess it kind of goes without saying you think it's common sense, but electricity and water do not mix. No, they don't. So, uh, man, you, you you would be surprised. People are taking bubble baths these days with their uh, their mobile device right there on the edge of the tub. Some people are taking showers and putting it in there with them, not thinking anything could happen, listening to music nearby. Water and electricity do not mix. Even here at the facility, we don't mix them. Nope. They have their own separate size. That's nope. right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing uh, when it comes to electrical safety, you have to plan. So while having trees and, and flowers and things like that are great aesthetically to look at outside, you got to remember sometimes these trees, they're going to grow to be huge, massive, and they may go into our power lines. Yes. So proper tree planting is important. Also, it is significant to call NC811. Have you had any experience dealing with those guys? Or No, not with the 811. I haven't. No. Okay. But as far as the tree planting and power lines, yeah, it's kind of like I was saying, you know, a tree, people think, well, this is it's a tree. It's, you know, it's not metal. It's not going to conduct electricity. Well, that tree is full of sap. Sap is a liquid. Liquid is going to conduct electricity. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, it's a simple mathematic or science, however you look at it, that it's going to track it. Yeah, just something else to think about. And with the, the NC811, it's a, a free service where they will come out and survey your land. So if you're thinking about uh, planting a tree or some type of shrubbery, they can come out and see where the utility lines are on your property, not just for uh, electrical water. They may also do it. Well, they would also do it for cable phone lines they will mark them off and let you know you just got to contact them i think uh about three days in advance before you want to go out and start doing uh whatever you're going to do for your landscape and they can come out totally free service something that that you touched on uh, as far as the landscaping and so forth a lot of people don't realize that when they get a pad mount transformer to new in the neighborhood and that that green box is in front of the house there they want to plant stuff around it and hide it. Pretty it up a little bit. All sure. right. Ten years from now, when all that's beautiful and planted and that goes out, and we've got to rip every bit of that out. Mm -hmm. Then they're ready. Yeah, we cabin. get a lot of complaints about yeah. that. So they need to be aware <laughs> that when they plant that, they have to understand the potential to have to have it removed is going to be there as well. Yep. Yeah, I think we we one of our, our conversations a lot um, in terms of our educational stuff is to constantly remind folks about right-of-way and easements yeah. and where our stuff is and where their stuff is. And so sometimes, you know, people just don't realize that we might actually have to access that green box one day. Um, and they're just more concerned about, you know, how their yard looks, and we get that. Um, so we have to remind them that you can plant stuff around it, but we need it to be, what is it, three and six feet? Yeah, um, from the front, three feet from each side. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's a constant uh, conversation that we're having around here all the time. Absolutely. Well, uh, Lance, as a, you know, a, a former electrician, but you still have the experience in doing what you do now, are there any rules of thumbs or any closing advice that you would share with our customers to uh, remain safe when it comes to electricity? Uh, a lot of what we covered, just due diligence with, with uh, extension cords, heaters, space heaters, please remember to be careful with those. And that is to include the little fragrance heaters that people plug in mm. when the fragrant liquid runs out. You're hurting my heart right now, well, Lance. When the fragrant runs out, that thing's still, still heating up. <sighs> That's right. So just be aware of them. 
check okay. them once in a while right. because they'll right. still be warm to the touch. So you still want to just keep an eye on little things like that. Something lay in there, lay across it, a plant. You got a fake plant or something that's there. You drip, draped. Uh, you know, you don't want them to fall into it when or against it because those still get warm as well. Yeah. Uh, you just want to remember those kind of things. Okay. Um, remember, if you're around your meter base, uh, don't be pulling at the wires hanging around the bottom of them. Right. Weed eating. Be careful when you weed eat around them. Not to knock the ground wire loose. That's right. Uh, <laughs> you know, little things most people don't think about that, yes, that, that do happen. You don't usually think about them until you do it and you yeah. realize there's a problem. Yeah, it's a big spark <laughs> flash. Ooh, what was that? <laughs> the arcs and sparks. Yeah. That's what I'm taking That should be this. the new name of our show, Arcs and Sparks. Yeah. Get your attention. <laughs> Where you being, Lance? What are you doing? <laughs> Um, thank you for joining us for another episode of PWC Connections. Uh, please remember to follow us on our social media platforms, FAYPWC, and that is for Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Nextdoor. We're on all those platforms. Uh, you can get more great information when it comes to conservation, safety, uh, and, and our incentive programs on our website, FAYPWC.com. Uh, please continue to listen to podcasts. This podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google, we're continuing to put out content every two weeks. Uh, we'll be back in another two weeks to talk about probably hurricane pre preparation because it's hurricane season's right around the corner. And we definitely want everyone to be prepared, be safe, uh, understand the first 72 may be on you. And if you don't know what that means, we will break it down. So please join us for another episode of PwC Connections. We'll be back in the bucket. Thanks, Nicole, for joining me, helping me. Anytime. Drive this truck. This is always a good time. Well, thank you for saying and I, that. And I, I love it even more because I learned something today that I didn't know before. I did the same. Lance, thank you. Hope yes, you have sir. a great weekend, man. Y'all do the same. All right, listeners, we'll take care.